Hello everyone and welcome to the Stephen King cast, one man's musings on the works of Stephen King. Each week I'll review one entry in the bibliography of Stephen King in the chronological order of publication. And if you've been listening over the last three weeks, then you'll know that I have been diving in deep into the world of Derry, Maine, the setting for Stephen King's novel, It. Uh, and what this episode is, it is an examination of any connections that this novel might have to Stephen King's magnum opus, The Dark Tower series. Now, before King finished the Dark Tower series, there was a lot of speculation that he would fold in the world of It into Midworld. And while Roland and his quartet never traveled through Derry and countered any of the losers, there are definite connections that need to be explored, the first of which is the turtle. This is clearly the biggest connection between the two texts. As Dark Tower fans know, the turtle is actually named Maturin, one of the guardians of the beam. Um, and so, actually, I should have said this in the beginning. Um, if you have not finished the Dark Tower series, you should not be listening to this bonus episode because the Dark Tower series is an experience that I don't want to ruin for anyone. Um, so go out, read the entire series, then you can come back to this bonus episode. But if you are going to listen and you haven't read the Dark Tower series, please know that there are spoilers that, that lie ahead. So... Um, the tower is the linchpin of reality, and from the top shoot 12 beams that hold up all of existence. Okay, um, and the fact that the guardian, uh, or, or, or the fact that, that uh, the turtle, Maturin, dies within the pages of it, that actually fits with what King presented within the pages of the Dark Tower. It's natural to assume that as the beams fell, so did their guardians. So the corpse of the turtle makes sense. So, you know, uh, even though the, the characters don't really meet with each other um, the way that Father Callahan meets with Roland and the gang, um, the Maturin definitely is a, a huge crossover. Uh, the second connection is that just as the events with Pennywise inspired Bill's career as an author in the final books of The Dark Tower, Stephen King, who was a character in the books at that point, uh, reveals that a traumatic experience with a spider in a barn, I believe, might have created the horrors that he would later make a career out of. So it's not a direct connection, but it's an echo of Bill Denbro, the main character in this book. And in the original version of The Gunslinger, the man in black made reference to his master Merlin, the ageless stranger. The man in black then says that there is one that's even greater than he, the beast, the keeper of the tower, the originator of glamour. I think between the reference to glamour in the pages of It, with the fact that the incarnation of the spider definitely looks like a beast, it was natural for fans to believe that the spider was the keeper of the tower. And certainly, thinking about a possibility of Roland facing off against Randall Flagg and Pennywise is a nerd's dream come true. I don't have the re-release of the, the Gunslinger on hand, but I think that King omitted the mention of the Beast, thereby killing any dreams of the showdown between the three major characters of the King canon. In the 2000 re-release of the Gunslinger, um, King includes a reference to Legion, and I've read Gunslinger a handful of times at that point, and this is now maybe the sixth time uh, reading it, and I don't ever recall catching reference to Legion within its pages. Uh, now, during the first interlude, Mike presents a story presented uh, to him from a husband whose wife had once heard voices coming out of the sewer drain. When asked who it was, the voices responded with Legion. 
So right there, you might jump up and say, oh my god, direct connection. Legion was mentioned in The Gunslinger. You know, Pennywise says that he's Legion here. That's a direct connection. Now, before we get into nerd conspiracy theory here, let's just acknowledge that Legion is not a concept that King created. I mean, it's from the Bible when Jesus performed exorcism on a man possessed by demons. It was also the title to William Peter Blatty's sequel to The Exorcist. So for King to use it in multiple stories only suggests that it was a reference that he was enamored with. It doesn't mean that it is the master whom the man in black serves. If you're going to make that argument, then you have to acknowledge that the man in black is talking about himself, as the character Randall Flagg also states that he is Legion in The Stand. And that would also mean that Flagg is not only Pennywise, but he's also Andre Linoge from Storm of the Century. While Pennywise wears many faces and Flagg adopts many personas, the characters are nothing alike, and neither are like Andre Linoge, who appears to be a wizard of sorts. So, yeah, there's similarities. Linoge wiped Roanoke from the world, just as Pennywise wiped the original settlers of Derry off of the, the map. Other than having similar tastes in how to effectively deal with settlers, the two share little in common. So we should not read this as proof that the clown is Legion, is Flag, is Linoge. This is where we pull back and look at it not as a connection, but as a Stephen Kingism. Number two, or not number two, but just to keep going with this, uh, Ka is a wheel. All right, while the novel may be a culmination of many ideas that King has explored until this point, it also serves as the beginning of others, most notably the concept of Ka is a wheel. It's fitting. The upcoming movie is directed by True Detective's Corey Fukunaga, whose show famously, through the character of Rust Cole, played by Randall Flagg himself, Matthew McConaughey, states that time is a flat circle. Similarly here, we see constant repetition in this town, which in all intents and purposes is reality while everything else is just a dream. In this reality, we are subjected to an endless series of cycles, a never-ending um, end of horror and conflict. While the specifics will change, the root is the same within the pages of the Dark Tower series where events play out over and over and over again. Ka is a wheel becomes the central thesis of King's magnum opus as Roland is forced to endure an unending cycle of bloodshed and misery much in the same way our characters must endure the never-ending cycle of misery at the hands of this creature. On page 669, King writes, The only thing to finish going through it to complete the job of catching up, of stapling past to present, so that the strip of experience forms some kind of half-assed wheel. Tonight, the job is to make the wheel. Tomorrow, we can see if it still turns. Another connection that we have is Dandelo. And this is one of the bigger connections, uh, the more explicit and obvious connections. Um... Now, my, my memories of this particular character are fuzzy. Um, but in the Dark Tower, just before Roland makes it to the tower itself, he enters a house of a man named Dandelo, which is actually a creature that has clownish characteristics. And around this time, uh, during the scene in this book, um, I think that there's a robot named Stuttering Bill. And the scene itself plays out as a mirror image to the scene here between Bev and Mrs. Kirsch. Both characters, Bev and Roland, are lured in by a friendly presence before they begin to realize that something is amiss. Um, so what does that mean? I'm not entirely sure because I, it's been a while since I've read The Dark Tower, so I can't really make 
a definitive statement. But my argument for the Dark Tower is that the events that play out echo throughout all realities. So one way of looking at it is Dandelo, okay, is the clown. And what we see here of of this entity is an echo that has rippled through time, but its originator is Dandelo itself. Or the reverse could be true, is that at the end of things, at the end of the Dark Tower, at the end of the um, the multiverse, as things are falling, um, you know, things are not speeding up to a grand finale. Things are dying and dying and dying. So something, it here, this clown, this spider god cosmic thing that happens to be a universe, right? It's a grand idea. But as things die, and as things just fall apart, as it does in the end of the Dark Tower, it, it makes sense that what was once great and vast and big, these great huge concepts, have just diminished to a guy in a house. So it's another way of looking at it. Um, then we have the ritual of Chud as well, uh, as described in the book here with the biting down of each other's tongues and telling jokes is reminiscent of the battle of riddles between the Katet and Blaine the Mono in the Wastelands. And then we have the house on Nybolt Street, right? It's a thinny. Okay, I mentioned that in the review itself, and the thinnies are the, those gateways between one world to the next when the fabric of reality is thin. Um, but not only is it a thinny, it's also a twinner of the Dutch Hill House in the Wastelands. Uh, both houses apparently use the same decorator because they both have wallpaper of dancing elves and roses. And then when uh, this one here, when Bev, when she fires the slug at the werewolf in the house on Nybolt Street on page 831, yeah, I'm gonna read this and it's, it's Bev but I think that you could very easily take this and apply it to uh, a gunslinger, and you'll just see the, the similarities here. Eddie was howling at Beverly to shoot it, shoot it, but Beverly did not. This was her only other chance. That didn't matter. She intended that it be the only one that she would need. A clear coldness she never saw again in her life fell over her sight. In it, everything stood out and forward. Never again would she see the three dimensions of reality so clearly defined. She possessed every color, every angle, every distance. Fear departed. She felt the hunter's simple lust of certainty and oncoming consummation. Her pulse slowed. The hysterical trembling grip in which she had been holding the bullseye loosened, then firmed and became natural. She drew in a deep breath. It seemed to her that her lungs would never fill completely. Dimly, faintly, she heard popping sounds. It didn't matter whatever they were. She tracked left, waiting for the werewolf's improbable head to fall with cool perfection into the wishbone beyond the extended V of the draw-back sling. So that to me, it's just that, that vision that she has is just such a gunslinger's sight. Um... And then we have uh, the Crimson King. So the Crimson King doesn't appear in it yet, but he does appear really the next time we see Derry, which will be in Insomnia. Um, and he makes reference to 
to Pennywise, um, he says something along the lines of uh, shape-shifting is a time-honored tradition here in Derry. Uh, okay, I mean, but aside, but other than that, there's not much of a link between the two. Um, and I will get into the Crimson King in a lot more detail when we get to Insomnia, because there's major issues I have with that particular character. But there is there is a bit of a link there because um, the Crimson King. <laughs> this is this is where the Dark Tower gets really weird. But the Crimson King, of course, is responsible for um, siring Roland's child Mordred, who is a spider creature. Um, which I think is a tribute to 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 it in a way, um, you know. I mean, the the fact that it is a spider has to have significance. It had to be intentional on Stephen King's part. But what? Why? Like Mordred, as you know, is kind of a letdown of a character. So I don't know what Stephen King is is trying to say. Again, I haven't really read The Dark Tower in quite some time. But like I said, at the end of all things. Maybe this is what um, maybe this is what happens. What was once great is now diminished and small because that's certainly Mordred. Here you have ultimate evil in the form of Pennywise, in the form of this cosmic spider. Um, but at the end of all things, what was once ultimate evil is now just pathetic and muling and whiny and and just seeking attention and love. Um, so may, maybe he's making a statement there. Um, so remind me as I head towards the Dark Tower that I have to really pay close attention to that because I, I, I'm going to try and, and, and give some final thoughts on, on what I think Mordred means in terms of the relationship between the, the spider that's presented here and it. And so that's, that's, that's really all that, that I have here. Um, you know, I, I remember reading when I was just really into the Dark Tower. And this is before the Dark Tower concluded. I really expected some sort of Avengers-style mashup on some level. Or, I don't know. Or not even that. Maybe just an explanation in Midworld of there being, um, you know, folklore of a great beast that was exiled. You know, a god. You know, maybe there was a 13th guardian that was banished by the other guardians. Um, something. You know, I think that there could have been something, and not to have it was a missed opportunity. But that's just my opinion. Uh, all right, everyone, um, that is my Dark Tower connections to it, um, and this very special bonus episode. So make sure you stick around next week as I review the 1990 ABC miniseries starring Pennywise himself, Tim Curry. So everyone, have a fantastic rest of your week, and I will see you here, same King Time, same King Channel, Stephen King Cast.